This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy special edition podcast on Superman Unbound. iFanboy podcast on Superman Unbound. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and I have assembled once again the iFanboy Animation Brain Trust, Chris Neesman. Hi. And Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Ryan Haupt is not here. Boo. He, uh, he had to catch a flight. Couldn't make it. He also missed the last one. S- special science business. He's, He's out splitting atoms. He's on Animation, animation Brain Trust. Extended leave. Extended leave for the moment. He's having his eye, he's having his eyeballs plucked out and uh, bionic ones put in, and he is that a was That was <laughs> I know shit. I just remembered that. That was that was weird. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan is assimilating the uh, the uh, consciousness of of thousands of worlds oh, as we speak. God. Superman Unbound is the latest release from the DC Universe animated original line of films. This is the sixteenth film. According to Wikipedia, that doesn't sound yeah. right to me. It's but a lot. I'm I guess it is. I'm looking at the list right here, and there's a lot of them. We've done a show on every one. Wow. Have we really? Wow. You guys weren't on all of them. In the beginning, I think the first one, it was, the first couple, it was me and, and the, the guys, and then they stopped watching them. And then we formed the Brain Trust, and that's where we are today. Nice. We picked up the mantle. Um, and every time the, the readers ask if we're going to do it, yes, we're going to do it. <laughs> We've done 16 of them. <laughs> so this is the latest film. This is the first since Bruce Tim left, right? Bruce Tim was um, the producer on this one? Yeah, he was not, not listed on this. He was. Uh, um, this is also, I guess, the one they're banking on being the tie in to Man of Steel. Sure. Because they, they, sure. they, did, they did a Green Lantern one when the Green Lantern film came out and, and that kind of thing. So It's uh, also part of their weird 2013 Superman in bondage thing. So we've got yeah. Unbound, we've got Unchained. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if this will also be better than the, uh, the major motion picture. 
Well, this based on a comic book series. This is based on the, the Superman Brainiac storyline from Action Comics that Jeff Johns wrote and Gary Frank drew. One of my favorite Superman stories in recent years. One of the yep. stories from that great run that Jeff Johns had in Action Comics, along with Gary Frank, uh, with along with the Legion of Superheroes story. Yep. Um, just wonderful comics. So this is the adaptation. Let's just jump into it, and there'll be spoilers if you haven't seen the, seen the movie. I don't know why you're listening if you haven't, but if you are, uh, there'll be spoilers. I didn't really like this one. I was kind of bored by it. I, I I can see where you would be bored. I was fine with it. I thought it was kind of a a little rinse and repeat in the, in the plot. It's uh you know Superman fights Brainiac. They go back and forth, and he gets the upper hand. You know, let me, let me, let me pull and, back. And, and, and I don't back. saying I don't like it seems too harsh. I I thought the parts parts were greater than the whole, <laughs> and I, I enjoyed parts of it. But other parts of it, I kind of started to wander. There were, there were parts. I, I I gave it what a three point five, and I oh, I, I was a little yeah on the, on, in the text review. I was a little there. There are times where I was listless, and part of that is the um the visual storytelling, the visual style of it is that the like for some reason the Superman entries in this series are not usually animated as well as the other things and like superman's a little bit stiff and the action is a bit stiff and this is superman fighting a bunch of like really kind of boring robots the brainiac androids whatever you want to call them um and so that it wasn't particularly thrilling but the character stuff got me and that's that's my 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 takeaway was that i thought it was a much better supergirl movie than a superman movie yeah and and it because just what Paul said it, because of the character stuff she had she had way better character moments than Superman did. That was one of the things that I thought was greater than the whole was that the characters were kind of in, not Superman so much but one, uh, Supergirl and Lois Lane. Were it's a Lois Lane movie. That's 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 my takeaway. And I, I even I even liked Brainiac Supergirl. to the point where I thought this has got to be a good case to make Brainiac uh, you know, a live-action villain at some point soon. That's the thing. They use Brainiac so much in the animated shows. We've seen so many incarnations, and that's sort of, what, Chris, what you were talking about. Like, we've seen the Brainiac story a bunch, um, just introducing Brainiac and taking Candor and, and just mm-hmm. different incarnations of that. And the last regular DC animation movie before this line, I think, was Brainiac Attacks. Yeah, um, so. so. And that was, like, that was sort that was weird because it was like part of it was based on Superman the animated series, but then part of it was a little bit of a departure, I think. But anyways, this is I thought a really strong brainiac, and yeah, like they keep using Lex Luthor in all the live action movies and trying to make something out of, you know, real estate schemes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the brainiac it's is a, it's so a land exciting. grab. You know, it all does come back to land grabs, mm-hmm. though, if you think about it. <laughs> He's grabbing land literally in this one. So in the stories, you know, it's the familiar brainiac story. He has come to Earth to take Metropolis. He's already taken Candor. Supergirl's freaked out because she was, you know, she was there when, when the attack happened. She's got, like, PTSD, Brainiac PTSD. It's a survivor's guilt, yeah. And uh, so Superman has to not only save Metropolis and Earth from Brainiac, he also has to rescue the citizens of Candor. I liked all that stuff. I mean, I liked all that stuff. It's just, as a compelling whole, I didn't find there was a lot to grab onto. I'm not well, sure why. I'm trying to analyze. I literally just finished watching it, so I haven't had time to process it, but... I'm what I think is really um, funny slash kind of interesting is that you know Jeff Johns 
and, and Gary Frank's action comics was very much a continuation of the Donner films. Mm-hmm. I mean, down to I mean, Gary Frank was he was drawing Christopher Reeves. Right. And, I mean, th- those characters were so modeled after the the movies, and it, it felt very conscious to break away from that in in the character designs that they wanted very little to no connection to to the Donner films. And so that's a little bit of a breakdown for me because that was kind of the the kitschy, interesting part of of John's run on action is that he was picking up the Donner stuff. I mean, did you guys... Now, well, Paul, you, one of the things, we talked about this, you know, as we normally do in the last uh, show when we we preview the next movie. Right. And you were really, we, we saw the featurette, you were excited about the designs, you liked the whole sort of um, you know, '60s style that they brought to the to the characters, right? Um, uh, but you didn't end up loving the animation. Did you still find that the designs worked for you? The design, the designs are a mixed bag for me. I think a lot of what I saw and liked um, was uh, some of the concept art for Candor, and that carries over into this. Candor looks very sort of, I don't know, like I don't know how to describe it. Like there's a, there's a bit of a Jetsons quality to it, and it's mm-hmm. very, but it's it's very sort of you know. Welcome to the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. World of Tomorrow kind of thing, and um, so it's like that. That was kind of interesting. I I I didn't I didn't love the Superman design, and I didn't I I liked what I liked what Matt Bomer did with what he had. And I liked that he changed his pitch when he went from Superman to Clark Kent, but his Clark Kent was a little bit too put together for, for my liking, you know, one of the, one of the things that was really good about Superman returns was how, uh, how he captured um, Clark Kent and his sort of like, like, uh, I don't know. Disheveled. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not totally well, disheveled. He's not a homeless it's, person. It's, no, but he was. It was it's Frank Quietly's um, Clark yeah. Kent in, in Ulster. He needs to be yeah, kind of, yeah. fr- he needs to be frumpy, you know, and it's like all of a sudden, you know, and, and he's the best at, at drawing the, the big kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say pudgy Superman. He looks powerful, but kind of rounded. But then it made, yeah. yeah, but then it made for this perfect kind of like you know slop-shouldered, frumpy Clark Kent. And it's, it and, looks like and, it's and, not. Yeah. it's not. Clark is not, not frumpy. He's not this. wearing. Yeah, he's not in in the, in those depictions and the depictions I really like. He's not wearing his own clothes. That's what it looks like. It's it's he's wearing yeah. hand-me-downs for the first time, or he's borrowing somebody's shirt. He doesn't look like he lives in that, you know, in that suit. And with this, he's got sort of like designer sunglasses or little like, uh, GQ, little too GQ. Yeah. Little, yeah, a little bit. And then like he's, he's everything's not, not really tailored. Well. Yeah, and then in the in sort of in my text review, I I sort of said, well, maybe you could say that that's a bit of Lois's influence because this is a this is an incarnation where. Uh, Lois knows that he's Superman and Clark Kent, and they are in a relationship. Although her relationship with Clark is not public until the end of this, which becomes the main thrust, the main emotional arc, aside from what Supergirl is up to in this story, because they they jettisoned one of the things, one of the touchstones that, if you remember the Action Comics run, was at the end of it, Jonathan Kent kicks the farm. Mm-hmm. And that is not he is he is safe and sound snoring under a blanket on a recliner chair in this. I think that's uh, was probably needed. It would have added. I would say whole, it's wise. Yeah, yeah, a whole new dimension to the story, which they wish wouldn't have time to deal with. I was because I was when I saw that and I was like, they're not going to do it, are they? Like because they're not putting for a seventy-five minute runtime, they're not it's putting not enough. enough. They're not laying the yeah. pipe yeah. to to do that later on. There's going to be no emotional weight, and if they do it, oh my god, that's going to be a train wreck. So it was. I think it was. I think that would have been 
biting off more than they could chew. So I liked that the focus was then on Lois, and Stanakadic is a really good Lois Lane. And um, I really like that depiction, and she has one of the best moments. She has the best moment in the movie, and maybe the best moment in this whole series of 16 movies, like Drop the Mic. <laughs> it was it was awesome, and we'll, we'll reveal in a second, but I was caught by the moment of, you know, it, these are I have every time I watch these movies, I'm just like, would I sh- would I share this with a six year old nephew? And this movie is a little graphic, and there are some there are some moments where I'm like, I think that's funny. I don't know if I want a six year old to see that. Right. And and I don't. That's not fair because I honestly and I, and I should feel you know gratified. These are being made for us. They're being made for you They're and adults, me. Yeah. And, and, yeah they, PG thirteen. Absolutely, and and the scene that you're talking about, I'm assuming, is when when Lois in the shrunken metropolis is flipping off the giant brainiac, right? right? Yeah, both Which hands, was both both hand double flip, it, and it was it was awesome. And but unfor- but damn it, the first thing that goes into my head was like, oh, I don't know if I can watch this with my nephew now. Not that I would, right. and then I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I think it's funny. It was, it was funny because when Paul was watching this originally, uh, he was IMing me during it, and there was one point where he freaked out. And so, and that was for this moment, but he didn't tell me what it was. So the whole time I'm watching him, I'm trying to figure out what made Paul freak out. <laughs> and I hadn't gotten to that point yet, and I was like, man, I, just, I must not be so sensitive as Paul. I just must not freak out. And it happened, and I, and I went, whoa. <laughs> I just so, can't believe they got away with it. It, it doesn't offend my sensibilities, no, but it was no. like, well, you know, like Warner let it go, and you know, Superman yeah. is a cherished property. And so, but I think I think it's perfectly in character for Lois, and I think it's yes. um, I don't know, it just it made the movie for me. And then was, and then even Brainiac has the like he does the eyebrow lift, and it was like he probably doesn't know what that means. I don't know if they do that on other planets that he's assimilated, but <laughs> um, he, he I think he saw it for the audacity, and uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's a great little moment. You know, I had mentioned, you know, uh, offhandedly the uh, Ryan getting his eyes um, plucked out. You know, they, they kind of set the tone in the opening mm-hmm. credits of showing Brainiac go through his transformation yeah. from, you know, uh, from, uh, you know, uh, organic being to, you know, kind of Borg, whatever he was. And there's this, you know, really graphic moment of his eyes being ripped out of his skull and, and bionic eyes being implanted. So it's like, you know, right off you know right off the bat you're like okay this is this is not this is not a kids aimed movie this is this, yeah, this is, is i mean there's some cronenberg shit like there's some weird <laughs> science and like the the, the um oh, yeah. like the weird kind of visual effects they had like this pink and green sort of aesthetic to it and it, it was like this very like uh tales from the crypt keeper kind of thing going on and uh i was like wow that's that's a really interesting stylistic choice and then it's it's only really for that for the end credits, but uh, but I'm like, man, that like they they had and they sort of had their A list uh, animation team working on that scene. Like uh, the further you get into the movie, the higher quality the the fight scenes are. Mm-hmm. There's some there's some weird stuff that like there's this one oh, where it's, it's 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 towards the end. It's in it's in like the third act and it's Superman oh, fighting off the uh, yeah the the androids and Hated they're doing that. these like sort of like Japanese Hated. like freeze frame. It was so. <laughs> It was so out of sync with everything else that was going on in the movie up to that point. I'm like, where's the speed racer Johnny yeah, Quest that's- stuff? It was it was it, it was very out of sync. It was very yeah, um because we, we yeah. talk about it being like the them 
taking sort of a page from anime some of the time, but that's more like modern anime that they're doing, like especially in Gotham Knight, and because yeah. that's made by some anime houses. But with this, it's like, it's very old school. Yeah, like Speed Racer. It was like these these slow motion punches. And they and then they freeze frame and it's it's sort of like what Ang Lee was trying to do with the Hulk movie where he's right. trying to put in these weird stylistic flourishes and it was it was just kind of took me out of out of the thing. Yeah, there was I agree. It was it was a strange movie. I'm looking at the list of all the movies and all this is the fourth Superman solo film. Right. Not mm-hmm. the one that one that didn't also involve Batman. So Superman versus the Elite was all about what does it mean to be Superman? Mm-hmm. Also Superman is about Superman coming to terms with his own death. Superman Doomsday was about him fighting for his life. I don't know what this was about. I think that was what I had a trouble with the movie was I, I didn't have an emotional hook into it. And it just didn't it didn't seem like there was it was they stripped away the elements of the story of the comic to make this movie, but it seems like they didn't strip it away to something that was cohesive. Yeah, because in the in the comic it was about it was about him coming to terms with you know his home mm-hmm. what 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 was his home and and whenever they took they dealt the, with that a little but they didn't really drive it home yeah. a, enough to the point where he well went. it was it was about pa kent and, and yeah. who his father was it was about family and home and whenever you take that out it takes the that was the emotional center of of the story in, in the comics and he doesn't really have to deal with is he kryptonian is he an earthling? And so that, I mean, that never really comes to the fore. It's really more with Kara. And that's why my, yeah. my takeaway is like, you know, it was really more of a, of a Supergirl story for me. Yeah. You know, hell, she saved the damn planet. Yeah. And I, I thought her design was great. Um, oh, awesome. I, I like yeah. her design. I thought uh, Paul noted in his review in the, on iFanboy.com that, the colors are a little different, which I really liked from, from Superman. Yeah, he has like more of a teal, and then she's got a like. There's more blue in the uh, costumes. Bit of crimson too, and her red. Right, right. Yeah, the red is different. Mm-hmm. I, li- uh-huh. I liked her a lot. She was probably my favorite portion of the film. I think she. I think she was saddled a bit with some exposition with like going back, like the flashback to Krypton and everything. And um, so I, I wish she, uh, you know, didn't have to deal with that stuff. But yeah, she she comes into her own, and the performance was always great. I thought Molly Quinn was very good, and I thought. I, uh, what was it? Francis Conroy is uh, Ma Kent. Mm-hmm. So whoa! I was like, I wasn't expecting that. That wasn't one of the you know the casting choices that I was consciously thinking about going in. And she has a very small scene, but it's great. She was a great choice for for Martha Kent. And then uh, Brainiac, creepy, John sinister Noble's as hell. Really good, yeah. yeah, John Noble's fantastic. He was very good, very good. I enjoyed all of the Brainiac scenes, but like I was kind of saying earlier. It, it, it kind of felt like they kept – there was no, like, build up to the ultimate fight. They were fighting the entire movie. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, okay, get over it now and, you know, get on to the next thing. So I think there was, like, one fight scene too many between the two of them. But, um, I mean, that's that's kind of a nit. I think the strongest portion for Superman himself was when he was in Kandor and when he was uh, reunited or uh, – you know, first, like, basically introduced to his aunt and uncle, Zorel, and then having to deal with the fact that he's, he's slightly depowered and is basically trying to get the attention of Brainiac and his androids get captured again so he can confront Brainiac. I thought that that stuff and then the ending where he finds a new planet and sets uh, Kandor down and, and it's able to flourish again and grow and become a new colony really for Krypton it was a really good setup if they wanted to do a new Krypton movie which I think was unfairly maligned when it was in you know coming out in, in issues 
that storyline. Oh, I like that storyline a lot. Yeah, it, I think it like it gets a little convoluted towards the end, and it like it's not entirely cohesive. But the beginning and the setup, that sort of that whole situation, I think would make for a really strong movie. It's a, it, I think it's it's a it's a great turn for for Cal El and like actually having an alternative to Earth that he could decide if he wanted to, he could live amongst his own people, mm-hmm. which is a nice challenge to to set down for that character and, and his struggle. So I hope that they explore that. I'd have no idea if they will, but Well, I don't I don't think that I don't think so. I think it's more of a you know one shot sort of tale, but I don't know. I just find myself not really looking for, like all the ones I've seen that I've really liked I've wanted to watch again. And I thought about parts I really liked. This one has sort of gone through my head and out the other side and not really remained. Which, mm-hmm. is, which is the first time this has really happened since, I think, Green Lantern. Mm. Well, they've been talking lately about the fact that <coughs> they don't want to be so beholden to yes. the yeah the original stories. And maybe this is an instance of departing from the original story. And if it's not you know a slam dunk, uh, I think there are some interesting ideas in there. And... I look forward to whatever's now. Now, whatever you know, uh, Flashpoint Paradox is next. Mm-hmm. Beyond yeah. that, we don't quite know yet. That's going to be um, interesting. Well, it's, it's interesting because we, you know, in the past, we w- would often worry that these were going to stop. You know, and the end of the show used to be filled with, you know, when is this going to end? And usually, we know what's coming two down. We only know the next one is Flashpoint, which, according to the featurettes, it's very Flash centric. So everyone has been wanting a Flash movie. This is probably the only one you're going to get unless a live action film gets made. <laughs> But uh, beyond that, we don't know anything. They, they haven't hinted at anything. They haven't talked about anything. They haven't released anything. Mm-hmm. And if you go by the uh, Wikipedia-listed grosses, which you know, obviously this is probably not 100% accurate, they've taken a real nosedive on these in the last in mm-hmm. the last year. The grosses have gone way down, so we'll see what happens. It's been a good run. Yeah, it's been a great run. <laughs> I don't want to out the actual website, and partially because I don't remember which one it was, but somebody posted an article last night saying that they might use unproduced scripts yeah. from live action properties and like you know like someone mentioned the uh the green arrow um the prison movie that mm-hmm. somebody wanted to do and um a jj abrams superman story and mm-hmm. then you go but you read the actual article and it gets down to jeff johns and so, basically someone asked him if they do that and he's like anything's possible yeah but they framed yeah. an entire article around the fact that this is they might be doing that well they might be doing a lot of things but yeah, yeah. So we have no, so we have no idea what's. what's I don't know. What's coming I'm next. hoping Flashpoint looks really interesting and actually looks exciting. Uh, you know, in spite of myself, I'm watching so that, that. It might uh, it might work peak. better animated than it did in the comics. Honestly, it's a really great cast. Really great cast. The animatics that they did show. Um, so it's not finished animation, but um, its animatics look more exciting than the animation in this finished property. So it's it's more fluid more expressive and the action looks great and there's a lot of cool characters and like flashpoint in and of itself it's a pretty interesting concept it, there's a lot of fun to be had there it's a big what if yeah it's a, it's a bunch of what ifs bundled together which is what they talk Maybe about be, in the in the feature out about how it's basically a big what if story and they could that allows them to play with the characters much more and do different things they would be able to do and i you, like that they they're out there they have sam daly as the the superman here the son of the uh yeah traditional Superman. So I, I think that like it's they're making smart choices in casting and it looks good. So like I think I'm hopeful that it's more concise than what happened in the comics. I think it'd be really funny if they took that as a point to go off and start making new fifty two animated movies. Like, People yeah. were asking about that online. They were saying, Do you think that I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it'd be it? funny if they did do it that way. I would laugh. 
I don't think it'll happen, though. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm hope- just hoping for an exciting film. I just... so, but there's so many gems in the new 52. There's, there's a so couple, many... couple small cubic zirconias there. So many wonderful stories, wonderful tales. You could probably do uh, Court of the Elves. That's probably about it. Anyway. Zero years. Zero zero. <laughs> Superman Unbound, it just, I feel kind of bad, but I don't, it just sort of happened. It, un- it unfolded before my eyes. I didn't really engage in it too, too much. So, but you, they can't all be winners. Pardon his candor. In the meantime, you can go to fanboy.com. You can read Paul's uh, full re- review of the movie. You can also talk about the, what you thought when you saw the film, whether or not you enjoyed it, and talk about what your feelings on f- coming up with Flashpoint and how they're not going to do New 52 movies, which I'd be shocked if... And they might do one. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, maybe took one or two stories but mm-hmm. in the future, but they're not going to ch- change over. That would be silly. Even Chris's dogs agree that would be silly. Oh, hi, Georgia. So... <laughs> July is Flashpoint, correct? Right. So until July, when Flashpoint comes out, we'll reconvene. And maybe, maybe, maybe Ryan will be here. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll be on probation. Or maybe we'll make him do it by himself, just as a way to make up for missing two in a row. Until then, <laughs> I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm Chris. I'm Chris.